from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's great to have Alex back on the airways for some more hot topics trending online this week. Alex, good morning. Good morning. I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you. So good to have, <laughs> good to be uh, chatting once again. Uh, I tell you what, because uh, whenever we go away and uh, visit family, there's always some kind of secret recipe, right? Your, your grandma's mm-hmm. got, your mum's got. They want to pass it down to you as well. Uh, well, some stats have come out that two out of three people believe that their family recipes could be best-selling cookbooks. So I thought I was the only one who <laughs> believed that my recipes could be a best-selling cookbook. This is a survey that was done in the U.S., and basically what they did was they polled 2,000 adults. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a group of both millennials and um, Generation X. Yep. And basically what they did was they looked into whether or not you utilized old family recipes in their current cooking and how that then played along with, you know, recipes that were inspired by TikTok or Instagram and that mm. kind of thing. And what they found was that two and three people believed that their their recipes from their families that had been handed down were actually going to be a bestseller one day. Um, you know, they, they saw a 77, 77% share in believing that this was um, a, a brilliant recipe that people needed to know about. And then millennials were around 68%. Um, and, you know, they, they believe that they could make a cookbook one day. This is also showing things uh, around uh, identifying the stats around the importance of, you know, family reunions, mm-hmm. dinner parties, Sunday feasts, all of those things. So 62% of the people in the survey said that they used those times to showcase their family recipes. Um, and, and then they were able to incorporate family recipes throughout the year. Oh, well, that's something I haven't done. I probably do need to take it up. I need mum to write these things down because otherwise they're going to be completely lost and uh, I won't know how to cook them because I'm a terrible cook. Uh, I mean, I, I love to cook and I always think that I'm going to have like a YouTube show of cooking <laughs> and then my mom's like, that looked burnt. Why did you take a photo that way? <laughs> <laughs> a harsh critic, harsh critic. Uh, <laughs> now, Americans, this is fascinating. Uh, when it comes to inheritance, Americans prefer pets to cash. How come? This is so fascinating to me because it's all about the expectations around inheritance. Now, a house was uh, top of the list at 65%, but then that was followed by pets at 59%, and then 58% was was cash. So they basically had a desire to inherit collectibles, a vehicle, a a beloved animal. They were less likely to be concerned around actually getting hard cash from the the will. So it showcases, you know, the way we prioritise our families and our pets, um, and it also is a contrast to the preference for in previous studies where people preferred to get a cash sum payment over a property. Mm, so that cat could be coming to yours uh, over cash. Now, are we still going to the zoo to check out the animals or are we, or are we going there for holograms? It's interesting because this is a new rise in the way people are engaging with animals and researchers believe that a hologram revolution is on the way. Now, the reason this is is because zoo visitors are now coming to, to for example, Australia's Hologram Zoo, which opened this year, and they had lifelike displays from dinosaurs to gorillas that are created from lasers. Now, this is a futuristic animal theme park, but it's evidence of the, the trajectory that we're on as a society in terms of how we engage with animal life. 
and, and of course, holograms. You know, we've heard about, for example, ABBA saying that they're going mm. to do a hologram concert in your living room, which works for me because I hate crowds. But <laughs> in terms of animals, the fact that these hologram animals are so impressive to people visiting is fascinating to me because we know they're not real. But the animal comes into the room, you know, you're watching it walk around you. It's made of light. It's really fascinating. And we're probably going to see more and more of this technology used um, at, at zoos or in circuses. As you know, there's a lot of theme parks and criticism around theme parks and circuses and the way they use animals. So this is a middle ground in terms of using holograms. And, um, and you know, it's not just science fiction. It's the way people are engaging right now. You know what I think it would be good for, and especially if you've got kids, and we went to the zoo over the school holidays, when we went to a few of the animals my daughter was so excited to see, couldn't see them. They were just... I don't know where they were, off in the jungle. Yeah. Uh, and so this would be great if you, if you, the animals can't be seen, roll out the hologram. And it's impress- impressive and it's fun, right? Yeah. So it's a fun family activity. And in Canberra, for example, um, you know, researchers are playing with meta-optics and nanophotonics and different ways of using light beams to create images and, and experiences for people. So this is going to be something that we see more and more of mm. um, as we engage with entertainment in this way. Uh, Check out all those stories and more at thebigsmoke.com.au. Alex, we'll catch up in seven days. Thank you. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast.